So it has been an absolutely insane week for the sports memory. I like to say the least. And to start the show, I'm going to go ahead and play a clip from the Dan Levitard show. And the quote is, my biggest regret in my career doesn't involve calling my GM a cracker, showing up to Raiders camp late in a hot air balloon with frozen feet, or throwing rocks at the UPS driver. And it definitely doesn't involve taking my shirt off and doing a victory lap around the Jet Stadium mid-game while throwing up deuces. My biggest regret is that I'll never get to see me, Antonio Brown, play a game live. Sure, I can watch the game afterwards, but I can't imagine what that was like for you all to see something like that, like watching the Beatles or G. Jesus perform at Red Rocks. <laughs> so he has like a ghostwriter. So he like he's okay with the the quote, but he didn't actually come well, up I, with it, it. I thought I had to look two or it's three like different Drake. times. I thought it was butt crack sports. I thought it was ball sack sports. I'm like, okay, this is another one of those things that is fake. This cannot be real. Well, well it was concocted. It was in a lab by the sports memory. Boom! There's our name. So if if you haven't seen the meme. Uh, you're the only one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Meme heard across the world. Yeah. You may you may or may not have heard that we were the makers of it because almost nobody actually gave us credit for it. But that, of course, is the Dan Levitard show with Stu Gatz, um, who finally mentioned our name. Uh, it's It's been wild. I mean, the, the Pat McAfee show, they went as far as to put a tweet up on the screen that literally said from Ballsack Sports, uh, the creator of it, at the sports memory, and it's sitting right there on the screen, and Pat McAfee's just kind of rambling on, and they're all like, who could have done it? Who, who could have wrote this thing? And it's just right there on the screen, but I'm so happy that finally a fucking show. I mean, apparently this thing was on SportsCenter, but uh, shout out to the Dan Levertard show. Finally, somebody actually say our name. Thank you. Credit where credit's due. <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean it's it's absolutely crazy. So made that meme uh, about a week ago from on Tuesday, and yeah, take credit for it, Drew. You're you're the science. You're the mad scientist behind this. Well, it's it's like I you know I make I make uh, satirical content like that all the time, and it just it was the funniest moment because I'm smoking a cigar um, around the pool with my dad, and I'm showing him a Peyton Manning meme of ours, which was also happened to just go viral last week. And it was another just dumb quote, obviously not Peyton Manning. And at that exact moment, I get a tweet notification. Uh, sincerely, AB, pull it up. And dude, I swear to you, it's, it's one of those things because, you know, I, I have a lot of these things on my phone. So I thought for a second that I just pulled up the meme, a picture of the meme on my phone. And I'm sitting there staring at AB. And then right below it, a meme that I just made three days prior. And, dude, I, I swear, I've, I've never been – like we've had Frank Gore share our stuff. We've had athletes share our stuff. But this is Antonio Brown. This is a first ballot Hall of Famer and first ballot fucking psychopath uh, <laughs> sh sharing the meme. And, dude, I mean, I've, I've, I've made so much content about AB. That is – that's number one for me because that guy is is my the most entertaining dude for me to make satirical content about. So how is that set at Red Rocks? <laughs> <laughs> so the, so there was, what was your guys' experience with it? Because I was at a bachelor party, and you guys already – most of you have seen me at a bachelor party. I'm already just a ridiculous human. <laughs> I was insufferable. Insufferable. I was showing at, literally everyone at every bar – 
Like, did you see this? Did you see this? Did you see this? <laughs> I mean, I it was insane. It was it was a surreal experience, and uh, no, Drew, well done. I mean, it's something that I will literally never forget. It's dumb as hell, but I'll never forget. You know, when A B uh, indoors signed off, had no idea he'd never said it. I mean, that that's the story I want to know. That's the MTV behind the scenes I want to know. Is did A B actually think he said this or? Is he self-aware enough to know it's a joke? I have no idea, but uh, oh, it was the Thursday night was so much fun, dude. So ev- much everyone fun. that is anyone that covers anything about the NFL just had to chime in. There's all kinds of random whatever other content creators just playing off of it. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it. It's I, the, probably the biggest story that happened in sports this week. Well, I'd have to look it up, but I'm I'm 99% sure it is the most retweeted and liked tweet that AB has ever done in in, in his in his entire Twitter career. Yeah. It's I mean they're talk, literally talking about a Twitter post that he made on on, you know, Sports Center and stuff. Like that's right. that's unheard of. Um I you were asking d- did he think it was his? I I don't think he did. I think I think AB is not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I think he's kind of you know kind of dumb like a fox sometimes, and uh, I I think it was an act of self awareness. I think he saw it. He probably got a chuckle from it, and he probably was just like, "Man, this is so ridiculous. If I post this, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get ripped for it." And he did, and he got a lot of attention for it. Yeah. Did he said yeah, this? The first person spitting. I saw that knew it was a fake <laughs> was Mina Kimes. Like Nina Kimes is the first one Thursday night was just like, guys, this ain't real. Um, Mina's amazing. But uh, it was crazy the amount of people that thought it was real. Like, re- like big time, been in the industry for decades that thought this was real. Um, is, so it really props to bounds, is it really that out of bounds? I feel like everything we're posting right now, everybody thinks this shit's real. It's, it's hilarious because Drew changed the bio, thank goodness, going to show people satire page maybe they'll get the picture this time but one of my favorite things was seeing all the celebrities doing their own retirement regrets and posting different tweets and messages even shooter mcgavin got in on the action it was absolutely hilarious i I loved red rocks tweeting it and being like that set was awesome yeah i got the actual venue red rocks to tweet that's (laughs) insane uh the guy shout out to the actual first guy that gave us credit which is dov kleiman um, of the NFL I, I, reports, NFL news. Oh, he's an independent well, Dove, reporter. Dove climbing. Dove yeah, climbing. He, uh, Pat McAfee used to follow him, and then he unfollowed him. They got a little beef. Oh yeah, I, 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 I've always seen him on Twitter, but he was actually the first one. I comment, I replied on him, and and it, it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, what is what has AB been doing since this new um, light on him? He, you know, a couple days later said, "Call me Jerry Jones," which honestly. It makes a lot of sense for the Cowboys to sign Antonio Brown. Like they, Absolutely. they, they really need a, another wide receiver weapon. It makes all the sense in the world. I, I think his skill set is a little bit too similar to Ceedee Lamb. I think they're actually really similar talents in in, in the way that they play. Um, and I think they need a little bit of a bigger receiver. But it makes sense, and I think it would have worked. But then today, Antonio Brown can't help himself. Takes another shot at Tom Brady. Um, who else did he take a shot? Oh, he, he, his, his whole beef is with Tom Brady's trainer, uh, Alex Guerrero, I mm-hmm. believe I believe his name is, who yep. he says he still hasn't paid him back or whatever, which last time that they beefed, by the way, was absolutely hilarious because he tried to lip, uh, rip Alex Guerrero by posting a, 
a screenshot of their text message exchange. And Alex Guerrero in this exchange could not have been more of a professional. And he came <laughs> off looking so amazing. And, every, and so this is just classic AB, like, why did you post this? So that the reason I bring that up is maybe he wasn't self-aware because him posting that text, yeah, it, it, it is kind of confusing. Like sometimes I feel like he knows what he's doing. And other times I feel like he's just straight and shooting straight from the hip and seeing what sticks. Yeah, Dude, for, my, for my sure. favorite thing that he said of when he talked about Tom Brady, they said, what do you have to say to Tom Brady? He says, tell him I missed the passes and I'm still open. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that is the, that is the shit, man. You can't you say what you want about the guy, but his talent is absolutely unbelievable. Is. The guy is, is he's goldmined on the Internet, whether he's in football or whether he's rapping with Kanye West or he's coming up with his new dance. Uh, the dude is just content central and he's going to continue to be that way, whether he's in football or out of football. I agree. I, I, I actually love him. I like it. You, you guys know this about me. Like, when he showed up to Raiders camp, feet frozen in the hot air balloon, like I mentioned in, in the fake quote, that was fucking hilarious. By the way, that's the best hard knocks in the last, like, seven years. Yeah. And, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it was amazing because A.B. is showing up to camp in a fucking hot air balloon and calling Mike Mayock a fucking cracker. Yeah, it didn't hurt that they had John Facenda, though. Doing the you know the winds of, of oh, the Raiders, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that opening, dude. That opening used to give me chills. That John Facenda, the voice of God. Yeah, the uh, the 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 famous Raider quote. That's fucking amazing. Um, and speaking, well, what of- about what about AB's dance? His little hand thing becoming a touchdown celebration. Genius, like again. that's that that thing is. You're gonna see it. All, all the kids year. are doing it now. Like it's a TikTok thing. It's it's like. I think AB is going to stay around for better or for worse in headlines for a while. Like he's not going to be one of these guys that just disappears. Um, again, I don't know if it's going to be for good or for bad, but like he's going to be relevant. He's unintentionally relevant. kind of a genius, you know. Um, he, he he's really good. At, he's he's kind of a like a an unintentional provocateur. Um, he's really good at just kind of stirring up the pot and just letting people ride with it. And, and in this case, with this meme. What I truly believe happened is when it broke and then people started knowing that it's satire and making posts, you notice the, the, the people making posts saying that this is a fake got very few likes and shares. The people being like, this guy needs help and like like all this shit, like, like just wanting to uh, soapbox AB, they're the ones that are getting all the attention on this. And my whole point with the article that I wrote uh, this week is that that's just a classic case of people running wild with the narrative wanting to believe what they saw and how they interpreted it when they first saw it. And then when it came out that it was a fake, they didn't care. Yeah. And it's a really interesting thing about, you know, society is like when, when, when the truth becomes less important than the narrative that you've already bought into and you see it in so many things. And, and again, we've done this before with LeBron James and, and uh little Dickie. And uh, it's just, I just posted Colin Kaepernick. I mean, yeah, I just posted just, just yesterday, Jill Kelly, Jim, yeah. Jim Kelly's wife posting that this obvious satirical tweet, like we've gotten people a lot of times, but in this case, I, I love when it's, it's weirdly almost profound yeah. in, in, the, in the message <laughs> that it sends kind of about society just running away with things. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, t- Twitter went rampant this week though. There was some other stuff that they just like, you see all over Twitter. How about um, Zach Wilson gets injured and immediately everyone's like, Oh, that's an ACL. That's an ACL. That's an ACL. Yep. Definitely, uh, officially, not an ACL. MCL, he had surgery on it. Or meniscus, I'm sorry. Uh, and, and a bone bruise, which, yeah, it I hurts, mean, but to, it's... 
To be fair, the trainers thought it was an ACL. Like, like the, the you know, they do the preliminary tests. And yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, but you can't know until you get the MRI. Exactly. And wasn't that thing. in our group chat during the during a Lightning's game? Was yep. like that's a dislocated elbow, and oh, then yeah. like it, yes. this entire conversation went about a dislocated elbow, and it was yeah. never a dislocated elbow. Like people were diagnosed. It was, it was the exact same thing. It was yep. exactly what we're talking about. It was. But but I mean. The, one thing that's, that's interesting about the Zach Wilson injury, so he's supposed to miss, you know, between two and six weeks, whatever. Um, Joe Flacco is going to get to start against the Ravens in a revenge game, but uh, I mean, sometimes this is this goes back to the thing: playing your starters in the preseason and whether or not it's a good or bad idea. Um, this is obviously going to impact the Jets. It's obviously going to impact Zach Wilson. Um, I mean, we've seen other really, really talented players get hurt in preseason games. I mean, the most famous story is when we're doing our fantasy football draft on a Saturday and all of a sudden Michael Vick, who was taken number one overall, gets hurt like an hour later. <laughs> and you can hear the commentators talking about it on the other side. Yeah, it, it, tw- Twitter, I, I just want to play this clip because it's so funny. This is Twitter all the time about any information. I know for a fact, I'm just guessing also really. <laughs> no yeah. for a fact i'm just guessing also people are they say they make such definitive comments especially about fantasy and that's what that post is in reference to but yeah man the zach wilson news uh ab taking a bite out of t uh, at a tb12 uh, anything else from from things are starting to heat up man you can yeah. tell just uh, the nfl juices are starting to flow it, it's it's a good it's a good day to be named james um so derwin james you know gets his, his big extension there uh making officially you know recognized dbu florida state where he went um and then lebron james gets an extension today too so oh, i didn't I see mean, that yeah he signed a 97 million dollar two-year extension which is pretty good to get paid over two million uh two years 97 million that's that's a lot well, of money well, let's keep it with the better <laughs> James, Derwin James, uh, two-time All-Pro already at the age of 26, James. Uh, this guy's phenomenal. Um, he's the best safety in the fucking league. He, he basically played defensive end for them last year. Like, yeah. they, they used him to rush the passer because they didn't have... I mean, this year they brought in Khalil Mack to, to replace that, which will allow Derwin to do a lot more things, but it's, it's insane how... Um, you know, versatile he is. Well, he's he's like Jamal Adams if Jamal Adams is good. <laughs> right. Well, and he, he can actually cover is <laughs> yeah. the difference. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, that, that, that was amazing. And anything else you guys see from the, from the Twitterverse? It's also brawl season. They, they're doing these team scrimmages, right? And you're, like, mm-hmm. seeing a brawl every day. Today, uh, somebody took a cheap shot on CMC, and the Panthers just oh, yeah. started a battle. And you're, you see that every day now. Like, I don't know the benefit that teams get out of these scrimmages like it seems like there's a lot of injuries come out of them um but it's it's funny like again the brawls are just hilarious michael michael Pittman threw a punch today um which will probably be on hard knocks because they're playing they have the lions um oh, so they'll probably, you know you know uh, you know so, dan campbell probably stood up and like went over there like, hey you punch one of my players you punch me <laughs> probably, probably. Speaking but, of yeah, Dan, it's, it's Dan brawl Campbell. season um, in in camps across the country. Speaking Dude, it of Dan Campbell, yesterday too with with the Patriots and the Panthers, this is the second day in a row it happened. They, it actually scuffled all the way into the fans, and a fan actually ended up getting stepped on with a swollen foot. They didn't press any charges or anything like that. But it's been crazy out there, man. The juices are flowing, and you love to see it. It's football season, baby. Enough of this baseball bullshit. It's time to go. <laughs> Heard that? By the way, that's a sick fucking hat i love that hat uh, he's wearing a uh, he's wearing a bucks uh red on red uh pirate ship hat that's 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 baller 
Um, but no, the thing about CMC that has to worry you is you can't be getting in fights, dude. You can't even yeah. make it through a couple weeks without getting hurt. Like when I saw that, I'm like, bro, no. So he's, and it's a big week for CMC. He's biting asses and, and getting in fights. Yeah. He's, supermodel asses. He, he's he's an exciting fantasy asset. I can't I can't wait till we do our our fantasy show. Which which just just so everyone knows, we're we're, we're touching base on every team as we do these divisional previews. Uh, and today we are doing the NFC North. By the way, I probably should have let off with that. But uh, we are also going to just do a all encompassing fantasy episode where yeah. we basically talk about all all <laughs> of fantasy and and also make some final predictions for for the season. Uh, but today we are talking about the NFC North. Um, and with the NFC North, obviously the Lions, uh, Dan knocks. Campbell with yeah. hard knocks. My favorite part about yesterday's episode, and it wasn't a great episode, but no, it wasn't. He said two things that were just absolutely funny. He goes, "I'd kiss you if you weren't breathing so hard." <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone heard him heard him say that, but it was so ridiculous. And what did he say? He, oh, he, he went up to uh, what's Hawkinson. Was it, was yeah, it? Hawkinson in his shorts. <laughs> no, no, it was, oh. I think it was Rodrigo, and he was like, "You say a lot of things without." saying anything or so no I, I loved i loved when he went up to hawkins he's like my wife's got a pair of shorts just like that oh i did i miss that i miss that no but he went up to rodrigo he said he said something so that me and jackie were laughing at. i can't remember what it was i, I think it was, it was it was something like you say a lot of things without moving your mouth yeah <laughs> um he, he he had a bunch of good lines he also uh was like uh hey uh david blau is your wife here today and he's like yeah she is he's like i'm gonna go have to say hi <laughs> That was honestly the whole David Blau uh, side thing with his wife. Like, I'm tired of like they need to pick more interesting stories. The in most knocks. interesting thing about David Blau is that he has a wife who's an Olympian. Like, yep, that's about it. That's it's definitely the most most interesting thing about that guy. I'm sure. I'm sure uh, Brandon's a big fan of his, right, Brandon? He went to Purdue. He fucking sucks. And another great thing about last night's episode is obviously they, they, they showed the, the St. Brown or, or the Brown family. Uh, John Brown, the former multi-time multi -time, uh, Mr. Mr. Universe. Universe, gave birth to a absolute just group of studs. Yeah. Uh, two of them are in the NFL. One of them is probably about to be in the NFL. Um, and they're all named after like Egyptian pharaohs. <laughs> <laughs> Amon Ra. Amon Ra. Equinemius and Osiris. Osiris, yeah. yeah. Did you see did you see uh, all the jerseys that were cuz he's got multiple jerseys of St. Brown so he's got a uh, like a one with the bears and and lions together and one with the lions and packers together. And someone was like, it's official. The Vikings need to draft Osiris. Yeah, no, I did see that. Well, Equinemius also used to play for the Packers, by the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So he, he, they had, he, had, he had both, Equinemius with the Packers and the Lions, and then also um, gotcha. Equinemius with the Bears, now his current team, and, and the Lions. So we'll, we'll go ahead and transition the uh, Hard Knocks talk, and I want to talk about maybe one of the most interesting teams in the NFL, of the Detroit Lions. Uh, currently this season, uh, Vegas has them ranked at six and a half wins. Um, and honestly, roster wise, it makes sense. I mean, if they, they still still have a lot of flaws, but they definitely are building something, especially in the trenches. I, I like this team a lot. Um, their only real loss that I saw from their transactionals is they lose Trey Flowers, who is a good player. But I mean, they bring in a bunch. They bring in uh, DJ Shark. Uh, they draft Jamison Williams. They bring in Mike Hughes. They uh, Chris. Chris Board, Aiden Hutchinson, another draft pick, Deshaun Elliott, Josh Pascal, another draft pick, and then Justin Jackson. So, like, they really emphasize the defense 
uh, there, which they, they definitely needed to. Um, but yeah, bringing in a bunch of guys that can play both on the line and in the secondary there, I think that's an important add for them. Right. And I think that their offensive line, last year they spent a lot of, lot of, lot of draft capital in the trenches, and I expect those guys to get a lot better. Aiden Hutchinson, I grew tired of your family on Hard Knocks. Let's just let's just move on from that whole storyline. It's, it's it, not it's just good. because his sisters are hot and like they know they're on camera, so they're saying like things, but none of it's interesting. It's not interesting. Like I'm I'm, I'm done. Like they need to pick more interesting athlete athletes to like. Last year they did Trayvon Diggs, and he had that really cool cool son. Um, this year, Aiden Hutchinson. Listen, the the thing with him singing Michael Jackson last week that was hilarious. I'm done with him. Move on from his family because last episode was kind of a dud and had a lot to do with Aiden Hutchinson. But yeah, Hutch looks good. He does. I think a- he had absolutely. A, he, had a, he had a sack in preseason. I think his dad's actually more the more interesting uh, character of the family. Uh, he goes at the point when they're looking at him, he's like two plays, two sa- uh, two uh, two tackles. I'm good with that. He doesn't look like they don't look like NFL parents. Like neither of them look like all that. Well, he he played in the NFL, but I mean he you know it, that was obviously you know whatever twenty plus years ago probably. So over under six and a half Pro Bowls for Aiden Hutchinson. Six and a half. It, 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 is, is that something you just pulled pulled out, or is that actually like a prop bet out? There? No, I just pulled that out. I, I'm, pulled that, I'm gonna I think go he's going to be a stud. That's I think a, he's going to be healthy over. Th- that's a sure. lot. Six and a half is a lot. I mean, a lot. Even pro if you look at like or all pro. No, no pro, pro, said pro bowls. Pro bowl. I think it's doable if he stays healthy, and then you're going against talk about iron sharpening iron, going against Panay Sewell every freaking day. I mean, dude, those guys are going to be. That's what you want every single day. Big competition, nobody getting hurt. But like I said, iron sharpens iron. When you got these guys going against one another, you know they're going to be freaking studs, man. It, it, it's a team build that's one of the youngest teams in the league. Uh, I'd be interested to see actually what the average is. But just scrolling through, just seeing the number of young guys on here, it's definitely a good core built in. And I think Dan Campbell bringing on players as coaches it earns so much respect from the players when you see that some guy who's actually done it nothing worse than when you got a fat fuck sitting there trying to say go run the sprint get back there what are you doing you lazy ass but when it's deuce staley or somebody who's been a freaking stud in the league then bring it on i'm all for it and i think the young guys are too it's it's going to be exciting to see and hard knocks has proven that it's been fun yeah, it's like a. Yeah, I think like Aiden Hutchins is going to be a stud. I mean, I was on this. I was on the pod and we did AFC South, and I was ripping Walker. Right, I think I think Jacksonville totally messed this up. Walker looks amazing. Uh, I think by Aiden, the way, in preseason. Um, I, I think Hutchinson's going to be a starter for ten to twelve years. I think he makes seven Pro Bowls. Um, I think he's going to be a stud. I mean, look, they have three first round picks on their offensive line. Um, they have a they have a, a I'm going to say a great potential basically good defensive line like their trenches are stacked they just need a quarterback it was a great yeah. it was a great trenches <laughs> draft i mean just overall if you if you look at guys like thibodeau even fell down the board I mean, like is ridiculous the, the, the improvement at wide receiver that they made too right you bring in a guy like dj shark who has had some moments in the league where he's been a really good player but last year he's obviously a great stuck in three. jacksonville yeah. he's a great right? number three I'm on, he's exactly what you should want what where you want him at he was he, at jacksonville was great he signing. had to be a one or two yeah, and that's yeah. not what he was i'm on ross st brown had a really good season last year and then you go and you get uh the best wide receiver in the draft last year and jamison williams right he's not going to play early this season he's going to he's going to miss a little bit of time but at some point this guy is going to be a stud in the nfl yeah absolutely for sure no, I, I, this team has a lot going for them. Uh, question is, are they going to be good this year? They still have Jared Goff at quarterback, and that's really where the buck stops. And and by the way, their backup quarterback, 
I'm not sure if there's ever been a backup quarterback as bad as Tim Boyle. This, <laughs> dude, this this guy, once once somebody, someone made a meme about how bad he was, and I decided to go do some research. This guy is horrendous. If you look at his college stats, it is unbelievable that this guy ever got a shot in the NFL. It, and it's wild because he actually played, he got some play time last year. And guess what? He looked horrible, like horrendous. I don't know how guys like him and Sean Mannion, who we're also going to talk about, and I'm going to rip later, uh, f- for the Vikings. I don't know how some of these guys just are, even have a chance at the league. Like, I've seen enough of both these guys. Like, get them out of there. They, they must kiss the right asses. Going back to the seven Pro Bowl thing, um, just to, just to, as a comp there, um, have you guys ever heard of J.J. Watt? He's pretty good, right? How many Pro Bowls do you think he had in his career? I mean, it's six. Pretty Five. Pretty short career. Yeah. I mean, he's, we're at, gotta year, be healthy, buddy. You're yeah. 10. He's at, he's at five. It's just uh, six and a half is a, is a high number. I expect Aiden Hutchinson to go to three or four, but I don't know if he's going to get more than that. I mean, I think, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it is interesting. He's, he's going to be a great player, but, um, yeah, dude, the, the guy you that, couldn't have a better coach, right? Sure. Like for his position, like for what you want to, to groom. Yeah. yeah. What, they, I love they, Dan Campbell. They have the offensive line. In in my opinion, this isn't the year to have like an eight win season. No, <laughs> they need a new quarterback. It's, it, that that that's for sure. They have this insane offensive line. This thing is fucking stacked, folks. I mean, it is just filled with first round talent. They might have the best right tackle in the league. Um, it's 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 absolutely ridiculous. Um, so it's it's built to just insert a quarterback and make it good. Obviously, on defense. Their, their secondary is really going to struggle this year, but they're building a great front seven, and they have really good cr- trenches on defense. So the question becomes six and a half wins. Yeah. I mean, anyone believe in, the, in this team enough to say over? So Warren Sharp has them as the fifth easiest schedule in the league. Their extra game is the Jags, which is very much so winnable, right? I think that's a very toss-up game for these two teams. Um, but they're only favorites in three of their 14 games currently for per Vegas. I honestly... Though, looking at their schedule, I could totally see this team pulling off a like a lot of wins here. I actually have them going over six and a half. I'm going to take the seven. I think they can get to seven. I have them at five. I, I have the un, under comfortable under. Um, they're just, Jared Goff is really really bad, and um, man, yeah. Oh, good analysis, bro. He's just so bad. I hate him. Anyways, I think these guys can hit the over. Seeing Dan Campbell and what he's doing, I think the defense can help the secondary, and they've got some young guys. and Okuda back there. They sign Hughes with some veteran leadership. I think if the defensive line goes heavy like we're thinking about here, it's going to be a good a good mix for the Lions. I'm looking at the schedule right now. you got the Eagles, Commanders. Vikings is going to be tough, but then you got the Seahawks. I mean, those are winnable games right there for those guys off the bat. And who knows where the Dolphins will be at that point in time, middle of the season. Uh, I think the Lions will go over as well. I'm with Newman. Yeah, so, over with so M- MCDC. They, they, the, the whole division will play the AFC East and the NFC East, which is not a bad schedule in yeah, general. As I, as I look over the schedule, it's actually hard to find hard games for them. Yeah. Um, obviously, they play the Packers twice. They play the Vikings. Those are their best divisional opponents. I think the Bears are probably the worst team in the NFL. Uh, so that, Certainly that, a contender. That's, that's probably two wins there. Like you said, I mean, Seahawks, I see Carolina on the schedule. They, they benefit because... Jets the, and Dolphins are the, both winnable. The teams that were really bad in their division last year in the NFC are still really bad. 
and so they're they're getting some toss-ups. Uh, this this is interesting for me. Um, I'm going to take the under uh, solely because. Uh, Listen, this secondary is very beatable. Uh, this this defense is, is still going to give up a lot of points. Um, and as much as I love this receiving core, and I think DeAndre Swift is going to have a career year this year, um, I don't believe in Jared Goff, and I don't think he's a good quarterback. Um, so in, in the end, I, I'm betting against Jared Goff. I do think – I have him at six wins, so exactly six wins, and I think they're going to – they're going to play upset and probably knock off some random teams like the Eagles that that, that expect to just kind of roll. I mean, in they, beat they beat they beat the Cardinals last year in a huge game for the Cardinals. Yeah, yep. Dude, like that that big. that was big. Question is Swift is Swift good or is this offensive line dominant? Swift oh. is good. You can't deny Swift, Man. especially from a hand standpoint. The guy in and out of the backfield, you know, you can line him up in the slot if you wanted to, and he's going to run routes like wide receiver. If you ever watched him at Georgia, it was incredibly impressive. Um, if you look, too, at the spreads with Vegas, they've got 13 games, and these guys are only underdogs by single digit under a touchdown in 13 of these games from Vegas standpoint. So, obviously, they see something, too, as far as being close in these games during the season, and it's going to be really fun to watch these guys. I can't wait. More MCDC quotes coming up. I'm on the under. Um, I, I think three or four wins. Uh, I, I think the, the, the roster construction is good. It's consistent. You, you see a lot of teams that like will kind of build a roster randomly. This isn't that. These guys have an identity. They want to pound the rock. They want to own the trenches. They're building the team the right way. But I'm just looking at their skill positions. You look at their wide receiver core and their secondary. They're extremely thin. Uh, there's not a lot of resistance here. If, you know, an injury or two at that at that position, if they get kind of get that injury bug the way the Ravens did, and, and it wipes out a position group, they're not going to be able to move the ball. You're not a big Quintez um, Cephas guy. <laughs> no, I'm not. Or, or not. Trinity Benson, or just random people I've never heard of. Yeah, uh, Jared Goff is their limiting factor here. I think they're going to lose a lot of close games, a lot of painful losses. Uh, they're going to lose a lot of one possession games. I love. <sighs> I, I absolutely love Dan Campbell as a, a, a person, as a coach, as a content fountain. Yes. Uh, I'm not sold on him as a head coach. Uh, I'm not sold on him as a decision maker, as a, as a you know, they need to be kind of like an executive. And I just don't see that in him. Uh, I don't see him as, a, as kind of someone who's leading a team. And I think, you, just, you know, we talk about how young they are and how that's a good thing. And, and they're trending in the right direction. I think uh, hard knocks for a team this young was not good. Uh, I think it's having a negative impact on them. And you look at their coaches, like Deuce Staley knows where the camera is at all times. I think it's a distraction for them. Uh, really worried about how much they're actually getting out of this training camp. Yeah, I, it's actually a great point. Um, there are some red flags about Dan Campbell. Uh, I do think, you know, it's, it's hard to, to gauge the context and, and what they're cherry picking out, out of what they're seeing. They're probably taking the most sensational moments. All, all I'm saying is, last year, Mike McCarthy looked like he had absolutely no fucking idea what he was doing. He he was throwing up, you know, mojo moments of the week. So I, I I completely agree with everything you're saying, but I do have to say that last year, Mike McCarthy barely even looked like a head coach, and the Cowboys still still went to the playoffs last year. So I'm I'm on board with you. Dan Campbell actually kind of worries me a little bit watching him. I, I, I love him as a motivator, but there are some qualities that I'm just kind of like, oh, it's not very head coach like you to say or he, do. He strikes me as one of those guys that's just like the ultimate coordinator. Guys will you know run through a wall for him. Yep. Great motivator. You know, really passionate guy. But that next step, we talk about guys all the time that are coordinators but not head coaches. I just don't think he's a head coach. 
I, I love him. I hope he's a head coach in the next 10 years because I can, I can make... So do I. I, I can, love Dan Gamble. Can, oh, yeah, I'm rooting for him 100%. I could probably, if you put if you held my feet to the fire, I could come up with a fake quote for Dan Campbell every single day. He's just, he's just one of these guys where... I love that he's always almost about to cry. It's fucking amazing. And, um, and just going from going like Matt Patricia used to be there, right? Go, going from Matt Patricia Jesus. to this guy, like Matt Patricia always looked like a Northeast scumbag. And like Dan Campbell looks like a, like a Midwest, just like iron worker. Yeah. Imagine right? going like, from like an actual, like a literal rocket scientist to like Dan Campbell. Matt, dude, Matt, <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt Patricia looks like a guy that shows up to your fantasy draft with absolutely no food for the group, but eats the most food and just talks condescension down to everybody the entire and time. And it's like wet all the time. Oh, yes. Like, just sweaty you, all the time. You like Michael Pittman? <laughs> Guess I won't see you in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> but let, let's, so let's talk about fantasy. Um, Jamison Williams, all, obviously an extremely interesting guy, but he, we brought, we might not see this guy till November. Um, I've seen some optimistic reports possibly by like week seven, um, but it's not looking good. Uh, however, with Jamison Williams, in my opinion, I think this guy is the most talented wide receiver in this draft. If, if you're in a keeper league where you lose picks the, the, the following year, he's not going to be a guy that's picked early. He's a good guy to target late in keeper league drafts for sure, and especially, obviously, um, dynasty drafts. Yeah, so currently going wide receiver 68, 173 overall. Uh, I love the talent. Obviously, coming off an ACL, there's you're susceptible to soft tissue injuries. Right. So even if he comes back early, there's a chance that he misses some time um, for something like that. Uh, plus, he has got to make the adjustment to the NFL. So, I mean, I think in a keeper league setting or some or a dynasty or something like that, obviously, he's a great pick. Um, but in terms of your redrafts, if if you have an IL slot, sure, it's a, it's worth the late round flyer at that point in your draft because you know you're looking for some upside, and it's certainly possible. Um, I mean, AJ Brown came on the scene late and late he, a couple of years ago during his rookie season and absolutely carried teams to, to the to the championship. And even that depends on roster size. Like if you got a huge bench in an IR spot, like maybe. But in most in redraft leagues, I don't think he's draftable in most formats, especially, no. especially where where the where the bench is pretty narrow. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, so Amon St. Brown has been a, a lot of people are really, really into this guy. Um, you watch him on Hard Knocks, the dude talking about doing what, 200 jug, jug uh, machines? Jug machines, while, 202. While, while he's 202. growing up, like, I don't doubt this guy's, you know, he kind of seems like a Larry Fitzgerald, like, blue-collar, just hard worker who's going to have insane hands because he's worked at it all of his life. My problem is that I don't really know if he's that naturally talented, um, he's a really, really interesting guy. What are your guys' thoughts on Amon St. Brown? I think you know I that. love I, him. I think and this, is, this is one of those guys that squeezes everything out of what he has. I just don't think the cupboard's very full for him. Yep. Um, but you look at this offense, and we talk about Williams coming, you know, not joining the team till late in the season. Um, you know, it's easy to be the prettiest girl in the bar if you're the only girl in the bar. I mean, I, I disagree with that. So coming out of high school, he was one of the top receivers in the country, modern day. Uh, his quarterback was JT Daniels, who's, you know, who literally was the number one quarterback in his in his uh, high school, like coming out um, because he had a guy like uh, I'm on St. Brown, Brown as the as the wide receiver. The two of them were, were ridiculous together. Um, they both go to USC. 
Uh, obviously, GT Daniels gets hurt, and that, that hurts some of his production at that level, but the guy is super explosive. He has great hands. He's a good route runner. He Obviously, his older brother played, so that helps a little bit in terms of preparing for the next levels. I think that he's, I mean, we saw him come on a lot last season. I think there's no reason he can't give you, you know, on average 80-plus catches per year um, and, and, pu- and really pushing the limits in terms of that. He's not exactly going to be a dominant outside receiver, but, but he's that, certainly... But, and that's what I'm talking I'm not, I'm not talking about the guy the guy the guy's interesting but where i'm seeing him going is what worries me uh six currently 63 overall wide receiver yeah. 29 it's the wide receivers that are around him that really can are really concern me and i see a guy right now i'm not drafting him over jerry judy he and, and he's he's right next to jerry judy and then like rashad bateman the number one target for the ravens like I'm a little bit hesitant about drafting him over him too. So I I really like Brown. I think he's an interesting guy. I think he's being elevated a little too much based on not a lot. Although he did finish off last season very, very, very strong. I just think that, so going against Bateman, I think that there's a chance that Amon Ra has a much better chance at volume just because they're going to be a team that we think is going to be playing from behind. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Um, and you know, Jerry Goff doesn't have a lot of other players to throw the ball to. So there, there's a chance for so, a lot of production there. Um, and then we saw what he did with opportunity last year. Here, here's yeah, my I mean, I'm taking, I'm taking him over Bateman and there's not even a question. Um, man, I mean, I may take him over Judy. I don't know. I, I actually, I think, yeah, I'm taking him over Judy too. Interesting. Here's my fear with that is you, you draft your team to win the playoffs, right? So by the time the playoffs roll around for you, Jameson Williams is back. He's had a month and a half of the NFL under his belt. Uh, and Amon St. Brown is not the best wide receiver in the room at that point. True. I mean, he doesn't have to be in order to be able to get production, though. I just, I mean, how you, much? You're drafting me as a number. About, you're, you're talking about Hawkinson. A, you're talking about DeAndre Switch. You're talking about Jamal Williams. There's only one football. You're drafting uh, him as a number three listing. wide receiver, though. Like, yeah, I, I get that, but the way the offenses work, you know, they're all on the field at the same time. For sure. So what, 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 let's move on. Um, you know, Char- Chark is out there. Uh, he, he might be an interesting guy to stash. Good he's, value. He's cer- certainly not a wide receiver one through three, but let's talk about Swift. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are, are insanely high on Swift. Uh, wow. Holy shit. The, the uh, fantasy pros, which is what we always use as a benchmark PPR rankings actually currently have Swift above Mixon. I think that's, Absolutely batshit crazy, but uh, according to Fantasy Pros right now, he is ranked at number seven overall in terms of running backs, um, going in the top ten in a lot of drafts. What do you guys think about Swift, the guy that can't stay healthy? I mean, that's I think- rich for going over Mixon for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's wild. When you're talking about an offense that's loaded and set up for Mixon to succeed. Exactly. They're not going to be able to stack the box on them. And when you got Joe Burrow throwing you the ball, that's that's the gold in that. But you got Jared Goff stepping back to pass. Uh, teams are going to be begging him to throw the ball. They're going to be daring him to and saying, if we're going to lose this game, it's going to be by Jared Goff throwing the football. It's not going to be from letting DeAndre Swift or Jamal Williams or any of those guys run down our throats. It ain't going to happen like that. For so, sure. Putting him over Mixon, that's rich for my blood. It's wild. I think the other thing is, you you mentioned it, Jamal Williams is still a factor in this backfield, right? So I think that you're at best splitting carries. They're not going to just give him a full workload, whereas Mixon is absolutely the guy there in Cincinnati. Three down back. Yeah. 62 receptions last year in 13 games. Uh, obviously, the 13 games isn't great. He's missed four, missed four games last year, three games the year before that. Uh, but 62 receptions, that really plays out really well on a per-game basis. If mm-hmm. he can stay healthy, he has a chance to be a top-three running back just based on PPR receptions alone. Um, 
I think that's obviously the upside that people are buying, and and you you know don't draft from fear. You 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 draft hoping that he's healthy. If he plays all seventeen games, he's going to be a top five running back. Yeah, and that's the tough part though is getting seventeen games. I was watching a sure. fantasy special the other day, and this is the thing to not be scared though. I agree with you there. Is that there's only I think nine running backs that played over fourteen games last year. The rest are under fourteen games at running back through injuries or whatever the case may be. So if you're getting fourteen games out of out of DeAndre Swift, I think that's good numbers for you. You're just hoping that those injuries are early in the season and not when you're making your playoff push. Kurt, coach me for a second. Coach me for a second. <laughs> Deuce Staley. That's Deuce Staley said yeah. to him on the sidelines. Um, yeah, dude, uh, I, 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 I agree with all. He, he is either he's going to win a team a championship this year, or he's going to lose a team a championship. Um, I'm listen where he's being drafted at at currently ranked at eleventh, uh, RB eight. I like his value. Because if, if if you if you look after him, it does not get good after him, and and I think it really drops off. Currently, for fantasy pros, you go Saquon Barkley. Listen, I'm way more afraid about Saquon Barkley than I am about DeAndre Swift, especially, sure. especially with injury. I, I think Barkley's much more talented, but with with Swift's uh, situation, when Swift was on field last year, I mean, he was a top five running back. He was insane. Yeah, and he's set up way better than Saquon is, unfortunately, for Saquon's. Um, the offensive line is better. Uh, Saquon coming off a way major injury. He did not look like himself. Uh, there are some people that are big on him. ESPN Field Yates, I think it was, or one of those guys was real heavy on him, drafting him over some of the top-tier running backs. But That's Swift definitely, <laughs> definitely Swift though, over Saquon, in my opinion. You're going to get more bang for your buck. You're going to get the PPR and the receptions that you're not going to get out of Saquon. Yeah, and, and, and towards the end of the first round, if you're in a standard 12-team league, if you could grab Swift and Diggs on the turn, you're fucking set. I mean, I, I, I honestly, actually, he scares me, but you can't play scared in fantasy. I think you take him there, and, and if you're at the end of your first round, you, you love that pick. Absolutely. What about uh, TJ Hawkinson, right? So uh, tight end seven, 75 overall. Um, obviously, tight end position is fairly weak, um, but I think the drop-off kind of happens a little bit after him, right? So After him? I, I think it happens before him. I think the drop-off is right after Waller. Steep. Well, yeah, no, but yep. I'm talking about like after like Hawkinson is at least usable, right? Like, yeah. like if you draft Hawkinson, you're you're like, okay, I don't have one of the elite tight ends, but I'm okay. Yeah. Whereas it's like a tier two guy. Yeah, but uh, I mean, the, the the after that, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's not a lot there. I mean, this you, is one of those guys where I think like the hype and the kind of like the folklore around him has exceeded what he's actually done on a football field. For sure. Uh, he's a sexy <laughs> pick. Everyone's talking about Hawkinson and his playmaking ability. His career high is 723 yards. Is he baby Gronk? Season, is he baby that's Gronk? In a season, yeah, no shit. And that's in a season he played all 16 games, which is the only time he's done that. Uh, he, he's, he's played 12 twice, and he's played 16 once. And in that full season, 67 catches, 723 yards, six touchdowns. It's not like doesn't blow you away, uh, even at the tight end position. Last season, misses uh, five games and Hall brings in 61 catches but a lot of that if you look at the per game basis is weighted towards the beginning of the season when he was bringing in 10 you know a game he had two or three games uh we brought in 10 catches and the rest of the season was just kind of yeah yeah so as a Hawkinson I mean, owner last year he was very very frustrating and I was actually starting people over him towards the end of the year for all the reasons I mean he wasn't even playable the last third of the season I won't fall for the mistake again I like guys like I like Goddard better. I like Ertz better. I, I even like guys like Cole Komet and Friermuth as like a higher, higher upside 
um, than, than him. I, I'm I'm staying far, far, far away from TJ Hawkinson. I want no part of him. Well, and touchdowns are the main deal for tight ends, right? You're gonna you're trying to get that guy who's gonna get you some touchdowns. And Devin Funches is interesting. Is he gonna eat into that red zone count on him? I mean, that's a big target no. changing from wide receiver to tight he's end. But eat. No. Is he's, he? gonna, he's gonna get cut. Something. <laughs> Devin Funches. You think is gonna he's gonna get, get cut? You think he's gonna get cut? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he won't make the roster. So they're gonna only have two tight ends on the roster? No, they'll 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 take somebody off of a good roster that cuts them and be like, all right, Devin Funches, get out of here. Devin Funches yeah. is literally ate too many Popeye's biscuits and became a tight end. Um, he was yes. a tight end at Same Michigan. Same as our Sega so. white side or whatever. He got changed to tight end too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hawkinson, I, I don't, I wouldn't even put him at tier two. I think he's a tier three guy. And honestly, I look at guys like Pat Fearmuth and uh, even you know Gasecki, like currently ranked at thirteen. I'd much rather take a take a dice roll on those guys than than you're probably gonna have to take a shot at Hawkinson in like the seventh round. It's too rich for my blood. Way too rich for my blood. All right, let's move yep. on to a team that I have to give a disclaimer on um, because any information that I'm about to give you on this team, just disregard because I've been wrong about them on every turn. I have predicted the Packers' demise for the last two years, just just the last two years. Um, I've never actually, by the way, predicted Aaron Rodgers' demise. Uh, I, I said after last year that I thought he'd have another MVP campaign, campaign, which is why I drafted him in fantasy last year. But a lot has changed since then. Devontae Adams has left town. Um, I think that overall this offense has gotten a lot worse. Bakhtieri might not play a single down this season. Uh, by the way, he's one of the best tackles in the entire NFL, a guy that Aaron Rodgers has really relied on. Uh, there are a lot of things that change, and yet still Vegas has them at 11 wins. Um, thoughts on the Packers guys until they prove me wrong. Like I'm just going to continue to buy on them. And until the, the demise happens, I think Aaron Rodgers could, could really be productive with anybody on that offense. Um, <clears throat> I think that's for a while why they weren't drafting skill players around him, but, um, they've, they've even started to do that recently. Wide receivers, the receiver core is scary as hell. Uh, you know, you see Sammy Watkins and, and you just wonder, how many weeks does he make it in the season before he goes down? Uh, Randall Cobb is old and, and kind of, you know, Aaron Rodgers exerted his his GM prowess and, and went out and acquired Randall Cobb last year. Uh, but I don't think there's much there. But, again, this is a guy I think could probably throw me open uh, in the NFL. So I'm not super, super worried about that. Huge Allen he has Lazard rich fan. powers, guys. He has literal. He's a warlock now. That's just like the way it works. You <laughs> need is, a I know. I know. Warlock. We like. We like to gaslight each other about players and stuff. But like, there's just no way to hide it. Like Alan Lazard's going to have an absolutely monster fucking year this year. So, there's just no way around that. So some key losses for the Packers. Obviously, you lose Hackett, right? Their offensive coordinator, which doesn't really matter because he wasn't calling the plays. Aaron Rodgers is the offensive coordinator. Yeah, uh, they they do lose Sedarius Smith, um, Billy Turner, who was their their tackle that filled in for Bakhtiari when he missed all of last season. MVS, uh, they lose Equinemia Saint Brown. Um, they they lose Lucas Patrick, who was one of their centers, uh, Kevin King, and Whitney Merciless. They do bring in Jerron Reed, which I think is a good addition for that defensive line. Sammy Watkins is okay. They draft two. Two defensive players in Quay Walker and Devontae Walker in the first round. Uh, so they spend two first-round draft picks, uh, both on defensive players. Not a, not a wide receiver for uh, for Aaron Rodgers. And an awful pick with Quay Walker where they got him. Just terrible. That, then they take Christian Watson, um, who is actually from Tampa, um, and Romeo Dobbs. Uh, I mean, beast. Chris, I, who, who's, who's the, you know, the camp darling right now. Christian Watson, that, you know... 
guy came from North Dakota State. Um, he is going. I, I think he will be good in the NFL. It's not this year, folks. Right. Yeah. It, it's going to take he, a little. It's going to take him a really long time. He's never played against any NFL talent in his life. Um, this guy is 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 one of the more confusing picks. I think there were a lot of you know NFL ready wide receivers in the draft last year, and I don't know why they went for Christian Watson. This, this guy might not be ready until Pat, Aaron Rodgers is forty years old. Well, I mean, he'll have Jordan Love then, right? <laughs> By the way, Jordan Love looked pretty good in preseason the other day. But. I think they got rid of Scantling, and they're like, oh, we want another Scantling. Let's just sort by height and weight, and then that's the guy we're taking. <laughs> Scantling tall, tall was burners horrible, that man. are opening up the top. Right. <laughs> Scantling but might, I, might I mean, have I the would, worst hands I've ever that. seen. Yeah. Go ahead, Kurt. Sorry. Uh, no, no, that's all right. I was just talking about uh, the wide receivers. I mean, talk about Camp Darling with Romeo Dobbs. I, I don't know. After Aaron Rodgers today, man, he was ripping all the rookie wide receivers today uh, at camp for drop passes, inconsistent routes. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they cycle those players out and who's going to step up. Because uh, if they don't, you're going to see a lot of Sammy Watkins. You're going to see a lot of Randall Cobb and the guys that he trusts on those option routes to make the moves. Because uh, it'll only take one pick six because a guy doesn't run the right option route for Aaron Rodgers to yank his ass off the field. I don't care how much ayahuasca the guy's drinking. That side of him is not going away. So we talked about Swift getting a ton of receptions. Mm -hmm. Aaron Jones is going to be the leading receiver in this offense. I'm calling it right now. He's going to catch 75 to 80 passes this year. It's reasonable because Al Mazard actually has a lot of health issues. He he, he gets hurt frequently. So I I, I don't think that's that far-fetched, to be honest. Yeah, Yeah, give give me 77 catches and Aaron Jones being their leading receiver this year. Just move Aaron Jones out wide and put A.J. Dillon in the backfield. That way you have both running backs on the field at all times. And then you can just have Aaron Jones do jet sweep motion and... (laughs) Here's here's my problem with this team. And again, folks, disregard everything I'm about to say. But <laughs> here, here's my issue with this team. They actually still have a really good secondary. Um, they have one yeah. of the best cornerbacks in the league. Uh, their front seven is bad. Mm. It's it's not good. Kenny Clark. I, I don't mind their front seven. I think it's pretty good. I I, I, think I obviously young linebackers, but obviously you know that and that could affect them. Um, but I I like their interior. I think their linebackers line. are pretty bad. I, yeah. I don't think that this defense has improved at all. I think it's gotten worse from last year, and they weren't good last year. So I I just I, I don't I don't yeah. like this defense at all. He loses the best wide receiver in the NFL. Now this this team they might just turn into a powerhouse like run team because. Fucking Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon is an insane duo uh, at, at at running back to have. Shanahan tree. I mean, but I I'm, t- I'm sorry, like something eventually has to give. I think Aaron Rodgers is still going to have a great year because he, in my opinion, is the most talented player I've ever seen at the quarterback position. But at at some point, this guy can't work with these weapons, and he just has none. Al Lazard, six five. He seems like he'd be a really good. You know, weapon. I, I, when you watch him on field, he does nothing that impresses me. He's very slow, and but he, but he doesn't have to because Aaron Rodgers will literally put it on his hands. All he has to do is catch it's it. True. All he has to do is catch it. I, I just, I the the Vegas prediction of eleven wins. It's super bold. I'm taking the under on this. Uh, I've Shock. Take, I've taken the under on him last two years, but I think last year they were predicted like thirteen wins. It was insane. It, I think um, it was twelve, and they went thirteen. Yeah, yeah. So I I'm taking the under on him again. Um, I again I, I'm not going to say anything bad about Aaron Rodgers. He's still going to be fucking amazing this year. But I just don't think this the rest of this team is any good. I think I think they'll probably scrap up ten wins. 
I think yeah. they'll definitely make the playoffs, but I just n- no way they're winning twelve. So middle of the pack schedule. Um, their extra game is the Titans, which could go either way, in my opinion. Um, and then you know Vegas currently has them as projected as favorites in thirteen games. Um, so I mean, the, I think that this defense is good. I disagree with you on that point. Um, and they do have Aaron Rodgers. I, I I do think that they do probably go a lot of ground and pound. So I expect to see heavy dosages of both. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon and uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, pulling out games wherever he needs to. I I have him winning 12. I'll take the over. Yeah, I'll take the over as well. Um, You got Aaron Rodgers back there. You got to run with the guy back to back MVPs. He's not showing any signs of slowing down. Uh, I agree with Newman as far as the defense as well. You still have Preston Smith. You do have Clark. Uh, The secondary is there. And when Aaron Rodgers is putting up 28 to 30 a game, the defense doesn't have to be that good. And even with these receivers, I think he can do it. And what Brandon was talking about earlier, too, with Aaron Jones, he had, I think it was 52 receptions last year, certainly within his grasp to hit up to that 70 mark like you're talking about, a CMC-type role. Uh, it's going to be big time. He's going to lean on Aaron Jones heavily. It, the, by it, the way, is it a love? Okay. DVOA, DVOA had their defense ranked 22nd last year. I, 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 think, I think we've all agreed that it hasn't done a lot much more. It hasn't done a lot to get better. So where are you seeing this this good defense? Because it was not. Good I mean, last I, year. they invested two draft picks and first round draft picks on defensive players. You think Quay will be will be an immediate impact starter though? I think by the end of the season he will. Um, Fair enough. He, I, I mean, he, he was. The, so that Georgia football team had a lot of really good players, but if you actually watch any tape on them, he was he's he has ridiculous closing speed. Um, played in the middle there. Nakobe Dean was a great player, and obviously, you know. Uh, was the the brain of that defense, but Quay Walker was just making plays everywhere. He can play in space. He can play inside. Um, he's a freakishly talented, dude. Uh, physical. So I and I like him a lot. I think that they will. And I mean, let's. They got a Pro Bowl season out of a freaking off the scrap heap linebacker last year. So you, you do that, with, and then you have add more talent to it. I think that that's a good start. Yeah, I have him at over two. I actually had him at 11, but I'm not Switzerland, um, so I'm taking a side here. Uh, I, I am going to take 12, uh, and I have them winning the division. Same. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask if it was 11 or 11.5, because like, I'm right there. Uh, yeah, I was at 11 you know, when I came up with it. I'm not going to be a pussy either. I'm not going to take the push. I'm going to go 12 as well. Um, I think the defense is good enough. I think they're obviously going to run a lot of you know 3-4, um Rashawn Gary I think is somebody that that pl- that played well in spurts I think he gets better next year uh they're they're pretty big up front I think Quay Walker's gonna have a lot of mobility to run sideline to sideline uh and I think Aaron Rodgers can do it with just about anybody let alone one of the most r- kind of well-rounded rushing attacks which that's available powers in the bro yeah that's the thing too we, we're not taking account which powers blue of earth is gonna like Start, he's gonna be in the, in she's, the, the she's wears a couple box, games like, herself. Like those hexes she's gonna put on uh, on the Vikings and and the other 100%. the other teams. She's got her Kirk Cousins little listen. Uh, whatever you, you know that tattoo definitely glows in the dark when there's a full moon outside. J- Jesus has Kirk Cousins back. He's not gonna have to fall susceptible to any hexes. Come on, guys. Yeah, you think Jesus likes Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers more? Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, but the devil, the devil loves Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> no, it's it, it was actually a trick question. Jesus is very weirded out by Kirk Cousins. So. <laughs> <laughs> he talks to him like a little too much. You know what I'm saying? Like he's like, listen, I'm cool with you guys praying, but dude. Dude, you're like you you schedule in your prayers, and that's just a little fucking <laughs> sus for me. 
little, so little too much. Let, let's talk some fantasy here. I think so. Well, hold on. Just to recap there. I think we all had um, the Packers at the over except for Drew, correct? Correct. Okay. So you guys will be right. But uh, I'm, 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 I think I'm actually right this year, though. <laughs> I bet third, you do. Third time's a charm, baby. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers, we'll just start with him. Uh, quarterback 12, 98 overall. This guy coming off back-to-back uh, MVPs obviously loses Devontae Adams. How much does that drive him? his push down? I think a lot. Um, but I'm still pretty damn comfortable if I walk out of my draft with Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback. If I can get Aaron Rodgers in the double digit round, like if I can get him in the 10th or 11th, oh my God. Like that is amazing. I, I hate saying this because I'm in a league with all of you guys, but if he gets to the 10th round, I'm taking fucking Aaron Rodgers. Um, because that, that's he about won't. when I normally take a, take a quarterback. He, he, he probably he will. will. Ke- Kevin, will take, Kevin will take him in the third. you probably probably will but yeah the the, the thing about the the 13th ranking that just really kind of annoys me not only is he next to Kirk Cousins but um Matthew Stafford with the arm issues sorry I I love Stafford to death I'm not taking him over Aaron Rodgers Trey Lance fuck no I'm not taking Trey Lance over Aaron Rodgers no fucking chance in hell Dak Prescott losing Amari Cooper I think he's horribly underrated. I would put him at like 10, but it's it's wild that he's at 13. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think he lasts that long in leagues that are as competitive and know as much. But if you're just in like a regular redraft league that just like strictly drafts by ADP, you could get Aaron Rodgers as a steal here. Like a, a, a serious steal. For sure. Yeah. So what do you guys think of what AJ Dillon should do in production and what he will do in production? Because to me, there's always a void there. And I just don't I never know how to play that in my head. AJ Dillon's a stud and he should have a, a big a workload. It's ridiculous. But they don't seem to like want to give him like a big workload until like after Thanksgiving. So, I mean, we we saw what happened when Aaron Jones missed a game and he absolutely goes off, right? I think that he's capable of that. Um, I expect to see them work him in more this year. I expect it to kind of be a two-horse system um, where the both of them get a lot of playing time, especially with the lack of wide receivers that they have. Currently, he is going RB24, 55 overall. Uh, Comparatively, Aaron Jones is RB10, 17 overall is what I have, but... uh, numbers may have updated or something but anywhere generally in those ranges um aj Dillon is a guy that i am targeting as a potential third or fourth running back you know what i mean like if i already have to and i want to take some upside but i'm not comfortable with him as my number two running back no he gets you no receiving yards and he gets he's gonna get you no touchdowns like unfortunately aaron's throwing the ball in goal to go situations aaron's not taking the ball out of his own hands it doesn't matter what play is called um, he, he's going to do him. So the guy doesn't get guy doesn't catch passes. He doesn't get touchdowns. He's a hard pass for me. He doesn't really fit their offense well. That that that's really no, the problem. Doesn't. That's the problem with Dylan. I, I think they were they were incensed by his overall talent, but they didn't actually look because the fucking Packers front office is absolutely awful. They didn't look to see if he actually fit their their scheme, and he he doesn't at all. That's why the much less talented, in my opinion, Aaron Jones. He just. He just fits the scheme better, and that's why he's always going to get more touches. There, there's no chance while Aaron Jones is healthy that A.J. Dillon is, is ever going to take over and, and, and just become the running back one, in my opinion. Well, and with this team, I mean, it's there's it's such a crapshoot to me when I look at the roster. Uh, with Aaron Rodgers, yeah, great. 
Aaron Jones, yeah, I'll take that all day. But where are you at the rest of the roster with consistency? You're shooting in the dark. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get out of Randall Cobb. You don't know what you're going to get out of Watkins. What's coming from the rookies? Alan Lazard never capitalized. You know, MVS and those other guys were getting the balls there. Lazard with some drops. So I'm staying away from any of those other guys. I don't understand where they should go in the draft just because of their value and who has the upside. Uh, If you can get Aaron Jones, or if you can get Aaron Rodgers or A.J. Dillon, that's the only three I would be interested in at all. I mean, what is Romeo even this tight end room? <laughs> Romeo in the 15th. Dude, I, <laughs> like, I, who's this tight end room, dude? I actually like, – I, I, I really agree with you there, Kurt. Uh, the, the thing is that so, somebody's going to rise out of the ashes because they do have some interesting talents. Like, even Travis Fulgham, who had, who had a pretty they, good career. They just picked him up, right? Yeah, he's, um, he, from, was, he was From the Eagles, the Eagles a couple years he ago. He was good yeah. with the Eagles. Like, and and the, the, pro, the, the thing is about – Aaron Rodgers is it's not how good you are it's how much Aaron Rodgers likes you yeah that's and very so, much so one of these guys is just gonna rise out of the ashes and I I'm not willing to bet that it, that guy is Al Lazard it's certainly not Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb what is that guy even still doing in the league well so Aaron yeah. Rodgers did say that Alan Lazard is a hall of famer so <laughs> hilarious and that, see that's to me that's the problem with like with Tanya is the Aaron Rodgers just hates tight ends so even though you look at the rest of this, you know, pass catching group and Sammy Watkins again is going to get hurt at some point. Randall Cobb's wise in the league. He's not going to throw to Tanya either. Tanya had like like 20 catches last year yeah. uh, and played all six, all 17 games. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't know who it's going to be. It's going to be one of those guys that's kind of deeper in the depth chart. Um, so maybe, you know, in the late rounds, just buy your lotto ticket. I think AJ Dillon presents a problem with Aaron Jones owners because you almost have to be like super aggressive to go get your handcuff at a round where you're getting zero value if Aaron Jones plays all year. Yeah, I mean you're you're probably not gonna be able to get uh AJ Dillon as a handcuff. If yeah. you if you do, I think that's almost a waste of that a pick. Waste. Um agreed. So agreed. Yeah. Uh, I mean I think I think it's worth throwing a flyer on Christian Watson super late. Uh 71 184 Romeo Dobbs like whatever either one of those guys Romeo Dobbs is, is practically free in your draft you might have to take him on the last pick if you want him um I don't expect Romeo Dobbs to actually do anything I think he's he's the guy the classic guy that's like oh can't pipe can't pipe can't pipe and then winds up getting into the NFL and it's like oh so he actually can't play when they're really you know the the, the bullets are really flying there so yeah I mean I I don't like it. I, I I would probably not. I'm probably not going to wind up with either of these guys on my roster. Um, but I have no problem if you want to take a late flyer. Another thing about the running backs that is of great concern is the Bakhtiari issue is is a huge issue. This offensive line, which is one of the huge reasons I'm betting against this team, is really bad, guys. It's 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 without Bakhtiari as that cornerstone at left tackle. And dude, it does not look good for Bakhtiari's turn. Uh, that's going to affect the run game, and I, I could I could see them kind of getting desperate and almost you know having Aaron Rodgers do a lot of shotgun passing and stuff because they can't they can't protect. And I, in, in that scenario, I see Aaron Jones rising. That's why I really don't like AJ Dillon this year at all. But uh, in, yeah, no, I mean draft Aaron Jones and win your league. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, right now. it's not, it's not, a bad I have, strategy. I have him as my running back six. Yeah. It's not a bad strategy. And Aaron Jones commented on our one of her posts. So he's goaded. Um, <laughs> all right. So let, let's move on. Let's actually do the Vikings. Cause I know, uh, uh, Brandon might have to roll out of here early and, and it's, it's the only lo- interesting team left. Um, so the Vikings, unfortunately, man, I really wish I would have put a futures bet out on this. They started the year, uh, when I first checked it all the way back in June, they were at eight wins. 
Uh, by some books, they're nine and a half. By some, they're still seven and a half. But according to uh, fantasy uh, uh, DraftKings, they are currently sitting at nine. This is a team that had a lot of changes, um, an insane amount of changes, including yeah. uh, getting rid of their entire coaching staff, yeah. um, which is going to be one of the biggest monumental shifts in the NFL. Is that an upgrade for you? It's a huge upgrade. So in case you didn't know, uh, the Vikings in the last two minutes of the second and fourth quarter gave up more points than any team in NFL history last year um, it, because of Zimmer's uh, prevent defense. Of course, what we've seen in this offseason, um, players are coming out that a lot of people thought actually like Zimmer are just ripping him to shreds, saying that it was a toxic environment, um, saying that he wasn't giving guys chances. They were drafting guys like Kellen Mond. And I don't like Kellen Mond. You don't like Kellen Mond, but he apparently wouldn't even talk to the guy. This yeah, is this is the situation a, yeah. that was going. So on defense, uh, they make some huge changes. They bring yeah. in Zadarius Smith. Uh, they bring in Jordan Hicks. Uh, they they switch over to the three four defense, which is actually the first time uh, that the Vikings have ever done the three four in their entire history. Of course, they bring back Daniel Hunter, uh, most sacks by any player before the age of twenty five. Uh, Kendrick. Uh, Eric Kendricks is still there on the defensive line. There's been quite a few changes. Mm-hmm. Um, they do lose. Uh, they lose Sheldon Richardson, Nick Vigil, Anthony Barr, Everson Griffin, Xavier Woods, um, and Mackenzie Alexander off the defense. They also lose Tyler Conklin uh, as the their tight end there. But I mean, they replace them with Harrison Phillips. Uh, you mentioned Jordan Hicks already. Zadarius Smith. They draft Lewis Seen and and uh, Andrew Booth and Ed Ingram as a guard uh, defense coordinator for them is going to be Ed Donatel, who is a, uh, a disciple of um, now I'm blanking on it. The, the former Bears. Yeah. Vic Fangio. Yep. So a lot of changes. Uh, they bring in the Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator, uh, Kevin O'Connell, who really looks like the real deal, according to a lot of reports, former uh, jets. Great. What they used to call him, his nickname for the Rams is literally little or Big McVeigh, because uh, he's like six foot five, but apparently uh, acts and behaves exactly like Sean McVeigh. What we've seen with Sean McVeigh's prodigies, massive success. A look at the Super Bowl last year. He's literally playing against his former offensive coordinator for the Bengals. Um, there's a lot going for this team, and yet it's the Vikings. <laughs> so they're probably going to let some people down. But at nine wins, like, what are your what are your guys' thoughts on this team? So, uh, again, I, I think Vegas nailed it. I had them right at nine, but again, um, they they do have a kind of an easy schedule. Yeah. Um, and when they don't have an easy schedule, they kind of have 50 50 games. So, I'll go ahead and give them the over with 10. Um, just because, again, I'm down on the other two teams in this division. So, I'll go over, um, simply because. Holy cow, I think they're going to be really fun to watch, um, especially under the new offensive coordinator. I love K.J. Osborne. Um, he was a stud last year. If you picked him up on the waiver wire, he probably won you a few games. I mean, what more needs to be said about Dalvin Cook? Um, you know, their running back situation is set regardless of what Vikings Twitter says. Um, and Kirk Cousins is going to be vanilla enough um, to get you to a winning record. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I like the Vikings this year. Um, and in a wide open NFC, who knows what could happen? Kirk cousins could end up having himself a Joe Flacco playoffs. Um, who, who, who knows? So, um, 
Give uh, give me the over, and I want to draft every single one of these skill position guys. So I, you want, the more Vikings I have on my roster, the better my team's going to be. So, so you're a big Ty Chandler and uh, and Guan and Guangu. Huge Ty Chandler, <laughs> the next Hall of Famer. <laughs> well, you talk about Kirk Cousins being vanilla. I mean, everybody likes to rag the guy, no doubt. But I mean, you look at his stats. I mean, he got 66% completion percentage, 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 103.1 quarterback rating uh, with just weapons all surrounding him. I think the team will take the over this year. The Vikings schedule is favorable for them as well in that situation. Um, Kirk Cousins is going to continue to be consistent as much as everybody wants to call him milk toast and middle of the road, whatever. Uh, if my quarterback's putting up those numbers as a starter and he's got Dalvin Cook behind him, uh, I'm all for it. You know, I think the team will go over and you'll see Justin Jefferson show all year this year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with um, Thielen as he's getting older. I mean, he didn't really fall off last year, a little injury, um, but hopefully he comes back. And I agree with you, Brandon. KJ Osborne, talk about lightning in a bottle. They had the same exact guy in Jalen Naylor. I'm telling you right now, this guy could be a sleeper. Very, very easy. He, he, all he did, if you look at his yards per reception at Michigan State, all he did was run go routes and get 80 yard touchdowns. Um, I love him playing in the slot as just a go route lined up against a nickelback or, or even a safety. Um, I think with KJ Osborne and Naylor as the three and four, holy cow. Um, yeah, that's only going to help Thielen and Jefferson too because, um, they're going to have to, they're going to have to play for Osborne and, and Naylor. Um, this is a super, super exciting fantasy team. Well, and your play action off of Dalvin too, man. I mean, let's go. It's, it's going to be fun right? to see them this year. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I hate Kirk Cousins as the restrictor play on what could be an absolute high powered offense because his inability to just want to throw the ball downfield. He, you read, you read off his stats, that 67% completion percentage. He wants that. That's his guiding factor. He wants to have big stats. He wants to get these big guaranteed contracts. He wants to not rock the boat instead of pushing the ball downfield and going to win games. He just wants to not lose games. Uh, I still like them for the over. I think this this offense is it's just outrageously talented. Uh, even from a defense standpoint, bump, bumping Dalvin Tomlinson out to the end in the three four, I think is really scary. Um, you know, secondary has some some questions, some concerns. Harrison Smith's getting old. Patrick Peterson's super old. I think they have three safeties on the field a lot and get their their rookie out there, uh, uh, seeing sign. But overall, this is a really good team, and we get you know we get uh, some new blood in the coaching staff. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a believer in that and go with the over. Hook in the O'Connell offense. I mean, again, the Rams run work workhorse backs. Like we can talk, we can joke about the Vikings backup running backs all we want. If you look at how O'Connell and McVay run running backs, they run some of the largest workload out of any system. Dalvin Cook, if he can stay on the field, is going to be amazing. Um, and I can't wait until Kurt just lets me draft him. And I, I love every team that deploys a fullback. Every team that rosters a fullback and you know, gets a bump in my book. CJ Ham is a fucking animal. You know what's so funny about that is Kevin O'Connell's system doesn't actually actually have a fullback, but CJ Ham is such a hometown favorite and such an amazing locker room guy that they're 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 going to just find a way to make him work. He'll, yeah. he'll play H back for him. Uh, they're talking about him playing possible tight end. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's what that. I mean. H H back. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, I, I like this team. I have them winning over nine games as well. Uh, middle of the road schedule. <clears throat> Their extra game is the Colts. 
Um, but being that it is that they didn't win in the division last year, th- those games are a little bit easier than they are the Packers. Um, I think that they're in it right, pretty much right down to the wire. But at the end, I am taking the Packers. Just I, I, I trust them a little bit more. Um, and, and obviously not the first-year head coach. So I, there's always some things that can, can tend to pop up there for first-year head coaches that may take them a step back there. Um, I also think that their defense, uh, while their starters are good, there is a little bit of a question mark with some of the depth. Um, and, you know, an injury or two at a, a concentrate at a place could really affect them there. Um, so, yeah, so I have them winning 11 games uh, just behind the Packers, and I am taking the over. Yeah, honestly, your your point was spot on. Uh, the defense is going to be the biggest question mark for this team. This offense is is honestly fucking ridiculous, uh, and I'll, I'll get into that in a second. Um, the secondary could either be one of the best in the league or one of the worst in the league, depending on how some of these guys come along. Their secondary is ridiculously young. Uh, Except they, for Patrick Peterson. Uh, they're likely starting Cameron Dantzler uh, over Booth to begin the year. Uh, Lewis Seam might even not start uh, over Cameron Bynum. Um, so the, the secondary is the biggest concern. This front seven is fucking ridiculous. Is it Darius Smith and, uh, Daniel Hunter? These are guys that can't stay healthy. If they should stay healthy the entire year, this could be one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL. Uh, but you're right. I mean, the, 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 what Vegas I think is really doubting with this team has to be the defense. And it is, it's really, really concerning. Um, another big concern for this team is uh, Garrett Bradbury is one of the worst centers in the entire NFL. This guy has absolutely no business being a starter. Um, it's actually kind of insane. If, if, if you watch him, uh, they, they play the Eagles week two. Uh, I saw a guy, uh, what's his name? Their, their, their rookie uh, got, got the viral video. Jordan. Uh, Jordan. Jordan's. What is it now? I'm yeah, I, I, I'm blanking on the, 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 the Jordan Jordan Davis. Yeah, yeah Jordan Davis, Davis for the Eagles. Watch him week two, and if you're starting a defense, start the Eagles defense. If Garrett Bradbury is still the center, I do think we're going to try and make a, tr- a play for Treader or try and make some sort of trade. But if Garrett Bradbury is still the center, I am very very concerned about this protection for Kirk Cousins. Um, that is a huge concern. However. Outside of center, this could end up being one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Christian Derrissaw coming out of camp. By the way, he, he was hurt all through camp last year. Didn't start to like week three or four, so he didn't have any of that prep his rookie year. He's drawing Trent Williams uh, comparisons in how much he is not letting guys get by him. Apparently, Darius Smith and him are going head-to-head in drills, and Derrissaw is not letting up an inch to, to a veteran like... Uh, Zadarius Smith. Pass rusher, yeah. That's really exciting. That's something the Vikings have not had in a really long time. Ezra Cleveland also looks like a stud. Uh, Ed Ingram out of LSU also drawing ridiculous praise. This guy looks like the real deal. And Brian mm-hmm. O'Neill was borderline all pro last year. Uh, yeah. So if they can do something about the center, uh, this offense is going to fucking cruise. I, I uh, think I think Bradbury is going to play a little better because of the scheme that they're going to run, right? So running that outside zone, it actually helps to have your center be a little bit more mobile. He's a little bit undersized. That's his biggest issue, I think, uh, in the strength department. But if you look at a team like Philadelphia, right, Jason Kelsey, who's one of the best centers in the league, <laughs> is also undersized. But what they do is they utilize him. They pull him a lot. They move him around, um, a lot of angle blocking and stuff like that. And it allows their offense to actually do some creative things things uh with a creative guy like kevin o'connor and that offense i think that you'll see him move around a lot i expect him to play better than he has previously folks here's the thing 
this 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 offense is gonna fucking cruise. I really do think Kevin O'Connell is a real deal. And like you were saying, I think even if if Bradbury is a weak spot for this team, Kevin O'Connell is a smart guy. He's he's gonna find a way to to scheme around it. Dalvin Cook, I can't say it enough. The sky's the limit for this guy this season. And Justin Jefferson, um, I am hesitant to even tell you how high I have this guy on the board. Uh, he is basically lining up as Cooper Cup in this in this system, which is he's basically going to mirror Cooper Cup's exact role with the yeah. Rams. By the way, Cooper Cup was a triple crown winner last year. Um, this guy is absolutely going yeah. to go the fuck off this year. So let's talk about it from a fantasy fantasy perspective. Um, Justin Jefferson, I looked at it today, and uh, I, I mean, I looked at it yesterday, but it, it was different. Today, It was he was wide receiver one, uh, pick number five overall. Um, so, I mean, you're not exactly getting a discount there, um, but you're just counting on the talent, and I think that's a fair talent to count on. You know what I mean? The way the offense is going to play, obviously, so far, he has not had any injury issues, knock on wood. Um, but, I mean, him and Cooper Cup right there, you know what I mean, as the as the first two wide receivers, and I think if you wind up with either the two of them or Jamar Chase uh, in the first round, I think that's a fair investment. Yeah, and not just the talent, man, the volume. 167 targets last year, and that might even go up this year uh, just to see how Justin Jefferson's working in the offense. If, you're, if you've got him at your wide receiver one, you're in damn good shape. <clears throat> I certainly like K.J. Osborne, like we were talking with Brandon earlier, especially at value. Uh, Newman, I don't know if you have the uh, fantasy pulled up on his value there. Yeah, wide receiver sl- 72, 186 overall. 186, that puts him in what round? I mean... <laughs> You're looking at 16th round, something like 16th, that. 16th, somewhere at the end. I mean, talk about a flyer on a guy where last year he had 82 targets, 655 yards, and seven touchdowns. The ball's got to go somewhere outside of Thielen and outside of Jefferson. And KJ Osborne could be that guy to slide in for a late wide receiver that you can get, even yep. maybe pick him up on the waiver wire. Keenan, Keenan McCardell's our, our wide receiver coach, and he is obsessed with K.J. Osborne. Um, I've, I've been watching a lot of film, and he's clearly just working with K.J. Osborne because the guy is, he's a super talent. Problem with K.J. Osborne is uh, he is not a great route runner, and that's what they need to improve in him. Um, that's, that's what Justin Jefferson, I mean, Justin Jefferson, he might be the best route runner I've ever seen. Uh, what, what 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 guys say about Justin Jefferson uh, when, when they're when they're watching Vikings games? What I hear commentators always say it's it's like on every Vikings game I watch, this guy's always open because he is. Yeah, the way he moves his feet, he's not all that fast. He's not all that quick. He's just so smooth with his routes, and he's so good at at just tricking guys with his feet movement. He's a masterful. I just can't say enough about this guy. Um, if you drafted him over Eckler, if you drafted him over Dalvin Cook, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate you for it. I, I that's how high I think of this guy. And like you said, 160 targets. If you don't think that's going up, and Kevin O'Connell's look at look at Cooper Cup. That's the type of targets he's going to be getting in the system. I'm telling you, it's it's going to be insane. This this guy's going to have a monster year. I, I think right beside him with Adam Thielen though is. Wide receiver 33, 78 overall. I think that's a value, right? Like, he's not just going to go away. People, uh, it seems like people are kind of writing him off in that range. Um, There's some other wide receivers going around him, all have more hype. I think Adam Thielen is a very safe. If you're drafting as like a wide receiver three, um, that is a plug and play guy that you're just not going to have to worry about all season. Yeah, he's right next to like Gabe Davis. Uh, So some some definite question marks. Devontae Smith. 
Um, there's definitely some question marks around him. The problem with Adam Thielen is well-documented. The guy gets hurt a lot. Uh, the good thing about Adam Thielen is he might be one of the best red zone wide receivers in the league. Um, and this is going to be a team that scores a lot of touchdowns. So, yeah, yeah I like Thielen yeah, too. Ten, ten tutties last year for him as well. Yep. Um, Thielen right Titty, along titties. with the double digits. Yep, and that's with him getting hurt. So, um, yeah, I mean, Adam Thielen is – He's he's just a he's such a fucking hard worker. The thing I worry about with Adam Thielen at the age of thirty one, um, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of tread on the tires, and but, so that's the only thing I worry. But if about you take him. him as your wide receiver three, and then you kind of sit out most of the wide receivers, maybe grab one more, and then wait until the very last round, and you're able to get KJ Osborne as an insurance policy, yep. I like that a lot for sure. Yep. Um, so let, let's touch on the running backs. Obviously, Dalvin Cook, uh, RB4, number four player overall. Um, we think he's going to absolutely get fed in this offense. Uh, there's not a lot to say. If, if Dalvin's healthy, he's capable of being the number one running back, period. Yep. No doubt, but you want to see him get more touchdowns. Six touchdowns last year. The guy's got to get in the end zone more if he's going to take that RB1, like top three running back in fantasy. Um, the thing you love about him is the guy can catch the damn ball, but the Vikings never throw him the fucking they never, ball. They never throw I don't the understand it. And it kills you in a PPR. I mean, last year, 34 receptions. That's absurd for a guy like Dalvin Cook, who's a three-down back. He should be getting used in the Eckler role. He should be getting used like Joe Mixon. He should be getting used like Aaron Jones. The fact that they're not using, utilizing him in that fashion, it drives me freaking crazy. And the only thing that you're hoping that the new uh, head coach brings in and starts utilizing that, similar to like Cam Akers or anybody in, in St. Louis, you need that LA. PPR or, or yeah, St. Louis, whatever, <laughs> L.A., St. Louis. But, yeah, you need those receptions from your running back if he's going to pull you to win the championships, similar to like Christian McCaffrey when he was doing that in those first years when he wasn't injured. That's what you need out of Dalvin Cook, and hopefully they start feeding him the rock. Yeah, so you were talking about Dalvin. Dalvin Cook is a touchdown monster. He's actually insane in the red zone. They just weren't giving him the opportunities last right. year. If, if you look at him two years ago, I mean, we watched him at Florida State. The guy has a nose for the end zone like you wouldn't believe. Um, I think that he'll get those. Here's what I'm saying about Dalvin Cook. Uh, same system, Sean McVay. Uh, I look at Todd, what Todd Gurley did about four or five years ago when he just absolutely ripped the cover off uh, off of fantasy. Um, I think that's what Dalvin Cook's going to do this year. I think he will have 50-plus receptions. I mean, I've been well-documented in saying that I think he's going to be the number one running back in all of fantasy um, because he's just that good. But at the same time, with his injuries, that's why I would take Taylor over him. But I think this guy's just going to have a monster year. Absolutely. Insane. Yeah. Uh, tight end, Irv Smith. Any takers on Irv Smith? I've officially sold my stock on this guy. I don't like him. I, I, I'm not uh, I'm not interested in him. I think that there's some other upside plays around the same area that are they're more interesting. For sure. Um, and there's less risk with the injury and stuff. And then there's actually more proven production out of some of them, too. Yeah. So uh, it's just, I mean... Whatever he he's a guy. I, I wouldn't if you leave your draft and he and he's your tight end. You're basically going to be looking on the waiver wire all yeah. year. So you're, you're plug and play. And if you don't have the top tier tight end, everybody knows in fantasy. It's basically what you're doing. You're plug and play and matchup play. Um, it, especially if you're in a lower team league, like a more of a ten to eleven team league. Deeper leagues, it's a little bit tough at tight end. I think we're all grasping at straws throughout the year. Uh, Irv Smith Jr. is is drawing some. Uh, attention from some people as far as fantasy wise but i'm out on the tight end there for the for the vikings too much ball to go around or not enough ball to go around for that much talent uh, he's going to be on the lower end of the totem pole for sure 
Um, I mean, I, I will say just something to keep in the back of your mind in a wide receiver room that had Cooper Cup, that had the talent that the Rams had, Tyler Higby ate. Uh, just something to keep in the back of your mind there. Yeah, True that, Eastlake boy. The problem with Irv Smith is, that, again, the guy can't stay healthy. He he comes back from that massive injury last year. You know, it looked good. Just breaks his breaks his finger. Like, he's just one of these guys. I think he's going to have a bunch of these weird injuries. Um, and here's my problem. He's, he's with not Irv- a great blocker either, right? So, not a great blocker. So, so he's not a guy that you're going to have on the, on the field in one tight end sets all that much. Like, he's going to be rotating out in certain situations to get a better blocker and, and, and give them more numbers in the run game. So that could eat into potential volume that he has. He's not a great receiver either. And and, and when he's in open space, he does nothing with it. For, for how athletic he is, he doesn't do a lot with it. The guy, the guy concerns me. Um, I think, you know... I look at him next to Noah Fant. I'm definitely taking Fant. But after that, I mean, he is next to Tyler Higby. And I'm not taking him over Higby either. Like, I I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's an ownable guy. Maybe maybe a backup, but he's he, he concerns me greatly. Yeah. So let's touch on uh, your boy, uh, Kirk Cousins, before, before we get out of here on this. Um, so QB 14, 110 overall. I think that's pretty decent value if you wind up pairing him with a, an upside play. Uh, I think that that's a pretty smart move. Uh, I think it's arguably Kirk might be a better play than even Aaron Rodgers. Ugh, no way. <laughs> I mean, we're expecting better wide receiver talent and plenty of volume out of him, right? So I just I will never give those words to <laughs> Kirk Cousins. <laughs> take some balls over over Aaron Rodgers. I didn't say uh, other I would take court, him over Aaron Rodgers. I just said it wouldn't, it wouldn't be inconceivable to see him finish above Aaron Rodgers. Agreed. Yep. Uh, other notes in the quarterback room. Uh, somebody get Sean Mannion a just for men's or a keeps or some type of endorsement deal. Or just for a this fucking guy's. razor. Just <laughs> bring it home, hair, buddy. Bro. Bring it home. <laughs> no, get him another team. The guy is horrendous. <laughs> horrendously bad. I don't care about his hair. Get him on another fucking team. I hate that guy. I hate him. I just seriously like I I spend a lot of energy in my mind and my soul disliking this guy because he's just like Tim Boyle. Why is he on an NFL roster? You should have seen how bad he was in preseason. So, so Drew, I have another question for you. Are you taking Ty Chandler or Nguangu as your uh, running back handcuff to Dalvin Cook? 100% Ty Chandler, and I'm, I'm glad you guys addressed this because I've been kind of uh, – I didn't want to give uh, Dubitz the satisfaction, but <laughs> – Ty Chandler is the fucking real deal. And and here, here's the thing about Alexander Madison. Although I think he is a really capable backup, he on, can only run forward. He has zero vision. And that's really concerning, especially with O'Connell's system. I could see a scenario where Ty Chandler raises up and becomes the backup running back, and I'm not even fucking with you. Dude, what, Thank what, God Brandon's gone. I, I, dude, I, I wouldn't even have said it if Brandon was on. <laughs> Ty Chandler, where'd he go to college? North Carolina. Thank God that we know Brandon doesn't listen to this podcast. Otherwise, <laughs> Ty, dude, Ty, t- he he straight up he remind he looks like Cook in a lot of ways. When when I, when I was watching him run in preseason, like of course it's preseason, and I'm, and we're definitely overreacting, but he looked fucking fantastic. So so you're out on Madison as the hand? No, player. I'm not. At, Madison is still the backup <laughs> until further notice. But I, dude, don't don't draft Madison in an RBO league like like we're like. We were talking about with that tweet earlier. Yeah. It don't confidently draft Madison and think you got anything. 
Like he's yeah. he's a good player, but he's not not a starting caliber he, player. He's a late round handcuff, and yep. he should be drafted in the later rounds. Yep. If you're reaching on him, that's a mistake. And, and I I would only handcuff Dalvin Cook if you have a really deep bench uh, because it is going to be a crapshoot, and it's definitely not in Gongway or, or whatever the fuck his name is from Iowa State. <laughs> he, he he's just a specialist. He's a third yeah. down back and, and a and a punt returner. So okay, so uh, I think we can move on and and finish this off here with. Uh, the lowly Chicago Bears, who Vegas Duh, projects Bears. as the same win total as the Detroit Lions at six and a half. I think that's a mistake. Um, they do have the fourth easiest schedule. Their extra game is the Texans, which is winnable, but also very losable uh, for a team that that's this bad. They lose uh, Matt Nagy. They replace him with uh, Matt Eberflus. And then they basically lose, I don't know, their entire offensive line and defense. Um, and then Allen Robinson, like the, the, I'm not even going to go through all the names because there's just all of them. Um, they add a lot to, uh, particularly I'm interested in talking about, uh, they improve the tight end room a little bit with Ryan Griffin and O'Shaughnessy, uh, but neither of those players are going to be valuable in fantasy. They do bring in, uh, their draft was was probably the most interesting thing with uh, Kyler Gordon, who's a good player, Jaquan Briscoe, who's a good player. Um, Riley Reef is a tackle that can play in the NFL. And they, they grab Byron Pringle from Kansas City. I mean, that's the most interesting name probably is Byron Pringle. So I'm going to give you some pros on this team. Pros. Justin Fields. Coolest named wide receiver room I've ever seen. <laughs> Equinemius St. Brown, Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle, Nikhil Harry's even cool. Velus Velus Jones. Velus Jones, Daz Newsome, Dante Pettis, Tajay Sharp. End of pros. This is the worst team in the fucking NFL, and I am so sad for, for, Justin my, for my boy Justin Fields because yeah. they did absolutely nothing. Did, did you hear those wide receivers I just named off, by the way? Yeah. Some of those guys yeah. I just named are starters, and Darnell Mooney's going to fool some guys in fantasy again this year. My God, this team sucks. <laughs> They're so bad. I mean, come on, man. They got Nikhil Harry. Yeah, he's so, already hurt. So yeah, so <laughs> he's already hurt. So I mean, he's a good blocker. Yeah, <laughs> I have I have them uh, I have winning two games this year. I think that there's a chance that that's a stretch. Um, I think that there's only four games that are potentially winnable on their schedule. Um, but yeah, so if you split that in half, uh, that's how I got to two. Does anyone actually want to take the over on six and a half here? No, Negative this is so easy. Right like yeah. Justin Fields, pro. I like Cole Komet in fantasy. But this is a roster that that is coached by Matt Eberflus and rosters both Trevor Simeon and Nathan Peterman. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like this is like I didn't even they can't even that. handle Holy the easiest shit, thing. Yeah. You know, we, we have an upset Roquan Smith. Look at the rest of your roster. There's nobody here you have to pay. Fucking pay that guy right now. Front load a big ass deal. Pay him now. Make him happy. Yeah, pay him like sixty million dollars of his contract like this season and just get it over with, like straight up. Not a bad strategy. They think the Joe Thomas. They might be confused. They think the Joe Thomas they have playing linebacker is the other Joe Thomas, and they need to pay him. Like I don't know what the fuck well, the problem is. And, 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 and if that confusion, if that doesn't confuse them, they also have a Lamar Jackson at cornerback. <laughs> yeah, so maybe they're like, oh my god, Lamar Jackson and Joe Thomas are both really good. We got to pay those guys. A four year old put together this roster. It's it's so dude. This is the worst roster in the NFL. They, the the Chicago Bears, if they didn't have Justin Fields. Like I would, I would say like I'd be surprised if they won a game, but is, because they have Justin Fields, I do think they'll win a few surprise ones. But yeah, two wins, maybe three. Is there any team that's more 
that's more tanking or should be tanking than the Bears at this point. I, I think they hired Aberflus to like. I, I have a weird suspicion about all these awful moves they're making, and then and then Ryan Poles not even wanting to pay Roquan Smith. Like, what is going on with this team? It almost seems suspicious. Like they're just straight up tanking for a quarterback. I, I think that they. I mean, I don't know if they're tanking for a quarterback. I think they're just tanking for to have good picks because the rest of the roster is absolutely terrible. But I think that it may wind up killing Justin Fields' career in Chicago. Um, I and think it will. I, I'm super happy, excited for the Bucks when they wind up getting Justin Fields right after this or I something. Mean, <laughs> like when Tom Brady moves on and they, and they trade uh, they trade, they trade, trade their back end first for, for Justin Fields. And it's like, oh, he actually can play. You just have to put him in a real offense. Dude, um, yeah. It's just a nightmare scenario for Justin Fields. I feel terrible for the kid. Uh, honestly, if I'm the Bears GM at this point with Roquan Smith, I'm moving him and trying to get as much draft capital as I humanly possibly can. With the roster that we're talking about, like yeah. you said, it is in tatters, dude. This roster sucks balls. Roquan Smith says he wants to be a Chicago Bear life or all that, yada, yada. Obviously, the relationship's broken there, and you need to strike while the iron's hot. You can get some draft capital for him. The defense will suck more. You'll lose some more games, but who gives a damn? You'll be in the draft sweepstakes. You could probably get multiple first rounds for Roquan Smith. That's how good he is, a generational linebacker. I don't, It'll th- be- I don't think you can get multiple first-round picks for him um, because generally you just don't see that for guys that are non-edge rushers or, um, or elite uh, secondary players so so uh, if not too close to one i mean the guy is 25 uh, years old freaking beast what percentage of the package that they gave up for cleo mack a couple years ago do you think they could get back <laughs> uh, <a first laughs> remember when they dumped their entire future on cleo mack to have this be the roster yeah, it worked years. for gruden, a season gruden fleeced them gruden fleeced them and everybody thought the opposite when that trade happened they I mean, thought they, gruden was crazy they won, for that they won yeah. like they won 12 games that year what did the raiders do with those picks it worked very they, temporarily they, they ended up with Max Crosby. They had the whole no Max edge Crosby rush on was that team. Max Crosby was was not a pick. He was that like they a third round pick. Yeah, he he was not a pick that they used. Uh, one of those picks was on. it that one they reached on the guy from uh, was Claylin Farrell. Yeah, yeah Clay who, Farrell. who's still done basically nothing. Um, yeah, it was an awful trade. Um, it was it was smart. I mean, it was a dumb trade for the Bears, but it, I understood it to some degree. It was um, a dumb trade for sure. The, the, the defense was really good when they had Khalil Mack. They had a couple of years of success. They unfortunately just didn't have a coach or quarterback that could actually do anything with it. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, obviously, I think I think trading Roquan would not be a bad idea. Um, but at this point, the, this team is so bad. Like you're probably going to be bad for a couple of years. And the unfortunate part about that is that it ruins Justin Fields uh, career with them. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to convince him to stay. Uh, they do have obviously fifth year option and potential franchise tag if they need it. But let's talk about some of the rest of this team. And that's mostly from a fantasy perspective. Cause I don't think anyone's interested in talking about this team in real life. Um, <laughs> I, I just want to say about it. It just seems like everything that they do turns to dust. Uh, Eddie Jackson a couple of years ago was just fucking lights out. Amazing. Yeah. And then he gets paid. And, dude, last year he was horrendous. Like, it, it, really the only thing, if, if if Roquan Smith is not playing, the only guy they have on this entire defense is Robert Quinn, who is really good. Most likely to be traded. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Probably the most likely player in the entire NFL to be Sell traded. Sell him off, dude, but pay Pay Roquan. I don't agree with the trade Roquan thing. That guy is so good. Um, I think you really got to try and at least because there's just too many question marks in, in, in drafting a new linebacker. I think you pay the guy now. And and like I said, they have so much cap room this year. Just front load his contract right now. I mean, it's not that strategy is fine. I, from my perspective, if I'm 
if I'm running the Bears at this point, I understand that this team is bad. I don't expect it to be good in the next few years. Roquan Smith is has been in the league for already, what, three years plus. So you're looking at, by the time this team is good, he's going to be in year six, maybe. Um, and at that point, you know, you're at the back half of the, the, the table there. So I don't know that you're paying, that you want to pay a guy for that production at that point. Um, and that's on the, the better side if, if things actually go right for them and in, in hitting on the draft picks that they do have. So if you think you have your quarterback, though, you always have to try and be competitive. And, and you have you can't just trade away a cornerstone like Roquan Smith if, if he's, he's going to be good for the next four years. And if Justin Fields can all of a sudden come to life this year, draft a wide receiver next year, load up a few guys in free agency on defense, and they could be competitive as, as early as next year. I mean, I mean it, and the only the only buyers are going to be other are going to be contenders. So, yeah. like, what are the odds of drafting another Roquan at the back half of the first round? Exactly. Like it's it's I, I I just the guy is insane. He's so good. I I don't agree with letting go of talents like that. It just, it doesn't work out a lot. Okay, so let's go to fantasy here. Um, so we're going to start here with uh with why not uh, David Montgomery RB eighteen thirty eight overall. Um, you know, so you're getting him, you know, whatever, uh, third round or fourth round or something. I think that's fine for him. He's not exactly the guy that I'm targeting, though. There's a couple other guys that are right around him and, and a little bit lower that I'd be more interested in just because I think this team's playing from behind and that could eat into a lot of his potential carries. He does, he can catch the ball. He's decent in that. Um, and they don't exactly have a ton of wide receiver talent. So we could see a lot of dump offs to him, but he also is not a guy that stays healthy. And that, that, that concerns me. I hate. I mean, Cole Komet's got to be like the only guy you're you're targeting here. Justin Fields is going to be leaning on him so hard. I mean, you're going to have the offensive line is terrible, in my opinion, when you look at it. And Justin Fields is going to have to be running for his life. Hopefully, they get him outside the pocket, and you've got Komet coming across the middle on some drag routes. Uh, it's probably going to be his biggest target throughout the year. But this team is like. Yeah, the Hiv man. Keep it away from me. I don't want anybody Dude, on this roster except maybe Montgomery. So there's these. I, I hate David Montgomery. I think I, look at his stats. See, the guy is so unspectacular in almost everything he does. Now this is the problem area of this draft that I've seen in in mocks. This is what I call the dead zone of the draft. It's right after Cam Akers. There's just a massive fucking drop off that starts with Brees Hall. I don't care what you think about Brees Hall. I actually really like the kid. I think he's going to be really good in the NFL. As a rookie and with Michael Carter, there's just a lot of question marks there. And then David Montgomery, of course, Elijah Mitchell, J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson might not even be the starter by the beginning of the year. Uh, Travis Etienne is looking terrible in preseason. Josh Jacobs is Josh Jacobs. A.J. Dillon, the backup. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. There is this dead zone in this draft that is really concerning. And David Montgomery is one of the, the ringleaders of this dead zone. If I have David Montgomery on my team any earlier than like the fifth round, I'm very concerned about that. Now, if if he slides to me, sure. I can see because he really doesn't have pe- people that say you know they you get some takers that think like if you think Khalil Herbert's going to take over and be a three down back for this for this team, I I just don't really see that happening. And then like trust in Ebner, like who who else is going to take share from David Montgomery? I don't really know. No. So I like his situation, but I just don't like the player. I mean, yeah, I just think that they're trailing a lot. I, I think that Mooney is a, is an interesting player here. Uh, wide receiver 23, 57 overall. I don't like the value. I would like to be able to get him a little bit later, um, but I just think that his target share is too too big to ignore. Right. Anything else, guys? No, I, I think I'm the same way. Big on Komet. One of these running, one of these wide receivers has to put up 
a good season. I just don't know which one. So I'm not really enjoying being part of that. Uh, Justin Fields running yards. Love him. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be a Quaninimus St. Brown. Equinimus. Number one. one. <laughs> yeah. He's, this, this team sucks, man. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, poor Justin Fields, man. Poor Justin, poor Justin Fields, Fields, dude. He and he's a vegan too. His tiny little vegan body can't take these this pounding he's about to get this year. It's he's it's definitely breaking a bone if he's a vegan. If you just told, I didn't know that. He is, I'm not, now my stock just went way down on he Justin is. Fields. A lot of people are vegans, including Tom Brady. So, um, but <laughs> any, any closing thoughts, boys? This is the last week where we do not have meaningful football games. The last weekend of the year. Uh, college football week zero starts next week. So this is it. We just got one more to get through, people. One more. I don't, I don't know about y'all, but I'm getting amped up for the draft weekend, baby. I am I am too, man. I, I Fantasy drafts, it's it's a huge part of why life is still amazing. Um, it's one of my favorite ty- times of the year. I can't wait. Football season, everything. It's amazing. It's coming, boys. So one last question for you. How are you going to uh, take the, the sports world by fire like you did with Antonio Brown tweet this week? Uh, <laughs> I got a fire uh, 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 Vince Lombardi tweet that I think will do at least 20 likes. There we go. You're, you're welcome, <laughs> you know, folks. You're welcome. You know it's going to come from the shitter. Uh, oh, dude. Th- 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 I can't actually... Re- wait to post this one it's so fucking stupid it's so fucking stupid i can't wait to post it <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> yeah you're welcome <laughs> uh closing thoughts real quick trivia for you um who are the only two teams in the nfl that have multiple super bowls and zero super bowl losses multiple super bowl wins and zero super bowl losses yep tampa bay bucks yep <clears throat> that's one um shit st louis rams nope no, Ooh. they've lost yeah. to the Patriots. Yep. Uh, oh yeah, shit. Nothing moving. I thought this I'm, was. This I'm, thinking really it. It, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. It got it got asked, and it took me a while. It actually took. I had to go through every single NFL team to find it. It is the Baltimore Ravens. I was going to say Ravens. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Baltimore Ravens. So best hard knocks ever. Yep. I was trying to figure out if they lost one. I couldn't remember. Yep. yep. Really weird place to insert trivia. Good night, folks. <laughs>